Welcome to the Persephone program. And today I have a very special guest, the amazing creatrix, Marcella Kral. Um, and we're going to talk about lots of different things, um, boundaries and Mercury retrograde and Marcella's new work. Um, Marcella, thank you so much for, um, for talking with me today. And I recently listened to your last podcast and was, you know, maybe not amazed, but, you know, because I'm <laughs> never amazed by the synchronicity in life, but I was like, this is exactly how I am fucking feeling. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about boundaries. Let's talk about uh, being conscious and aware. And you were just briefly telling me about <laughs> what's going on. Can you repeat this for everyone else? Um, yeah. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Yay. I just, I, I'm so excited. Um, yeah. I mean, where to begin? Uh, let's see in true Mercury retrograde fashion. Um, yesterday, or two days ago, rather, I had a moment where I've been really running on fumes lately and finding that um, I've been kind of, I didn't realize it because I'm pretty like uh, go, go, go a lot of the time. Right. Um, but I feel like sometimes I respond to urgency from people and I start thinking like, I have to do things like right now. And I also think that's like my upbringing. I have this thing where you ask me to do something, I go to do it in the moment because we would get like our ass beat. Sorry if I can't swear. I just was like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, no, like, <laughs> but like if you didn't do it right then, you were in trouble, you know? So I think I still have this like weird thing ingrained to me that I have to get things done ASAP. Um, also just doing a lot of things by myself. I get, you know, I have to do it in the moment and I forget. Mm-hmm. Point being, I was doing too much a couple of days ago. And I was on my way to do more of too much. And I got in my car and my car is like, like got like a system in it where it tells you when things are wrong and not just like a standard thing. It has an app and everything. And it was like, you know, emergency call Subaru kind of a thing. What is going on? And I opened up the app and it was like five parts in my car had been recalled and were potential for, um, catching on fire. And yeah, (laughs) like I have a thing with electronics to begin with. And I've had things in like previous cars I've owned catch on fire or just stop working or electricity shorting out. Or like I had it happen with some back tail lights for no reason, the wires melted and caught on fire. Lights. And I have this wow. thing with shorting things out when I am overwhelmed or inundated, including computers, iPads. I've blown up so many electronics because of the energy. And anyway, so everything I had planned to do, I got forced to be on foot. And what's funny is I had been feeling like not safe driving lately. And I thought it was maybe just because of the influx of people being back on the road and California reopening and like, and then it was like, actually, no, your car was going to blow up. So it's probably why. (laughs) That is amazing. And, you know, I mean, uh, you would mentioned, you know, Mercury retrograde and, you know, in astrology there, you know, cars for the most part, um, are covered by the planet Mars and the movement of the planet Mars. And I was just thinking that Mars has now moved into Leo and it is close to your natal Saturn in Leo. And it is that Uranus um, Saturn square, which is sort of like bumping up in, you know, Saturn is in your first house because you have Aquarius rising. It's all, they're all in play right now. Um. So and you have transiting Uranus in your third house of like short trips, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, the astrology was kind of, you know, also right there, you know, for that, but what oh, wow. also an amazing, I guess, you know, I, I think that life is filled with meaning. So to me, you know, this is like a message of course, which, you know, to like, you know, slow down and, you know, yeah. And that that's the boundary thing, right? Like I, for, um, 
several days I've been feeling like it's funny when I do a podcast, right? I, I don't have podcasts planned out like people, some people plan things out and Not for me, either. yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's more of an intuitive yeah. process. Cause people are like, Oh, like, do you plan things out? Um, I'm sorry if you hear that street sweeping. Okay. No. Oh, no, good. good. <laughs> um, I just, I can't like plan because I think things evolve and change so much. And I also never know what my life is going to look like or how I'm going to feel. And I think that when I record, I want it to be relevant to the moment and unfiltered, you know? So it's very rare that I organize a podcast and plan it out. So I kept like, I've been like, I should probably record something soon. And I, there is one thing I do want to talk about, you know, on an episode at some point, but it does require some planning. So I only had that listed on my little notepad. And then I kept hearing boundaries, boundaries, boundaries for like three days. And then I woke up the other day and I was like, okay, today's the day. And, um, and I feel like that's how the podcast kind of come up and about. And, and usually it's because I'm going through an experience and I'm sharing it from my, uh, firsthand perspective, because like, I've, I don't, I only want to share my opinion in in the sense that it's just one perspective. It's not a fact necessarily. It's just what I'm going through. And sometimes I feel like I get a preview of things that are coming up for people, Mm -hmm. you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's like a week or two before certain things start getting really, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just because it's like, okay, here you go. I've, I've got that first born child syndrome where it's like you go through it first and then you help other people through through the process. I'm like, great. (laughs) I have that too. (laughs) I get that. I get that. It kind of, it's kind of lonely, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, at at times, but, uh, you know, it, when I was listening to your podcast, I thought, well, this is, this is a big theme. Um, it has been for, for a few years for me, especially, but I think it's a big theme for most people right now too, with the, like you mentioned, the collective energy being so wild, you know, and, um, reminding and, you know, remembering that we always have to have healthy boundaries and that those boundaries can be adjusted and readjusted. Um, you know, as needed, you know, for you specifically, you know, a lot of, you know, in your own astrology, a lot of the energy of like freedom versus, you know, um, boundaries, you know, independence, dependence, these, these types of things are, are really in play because you're, you know, right now, Saturn, the planet of boundaries, you know, Saturn (laughs) is literally like, it represents boundaries. It's in your first house. It's opposing your natal Saturn. So you're having your Saturn opposition whilst you're also having your Uranus opposition, which is, (laughs) so you're talking about like being pulled in different ways, you know, with like wanting more freedom of just general life and expression. And yet also knowing that you have to, you know, set boundaries. I mean, that, that's kind of the human experience, but like you actually are like really living it right now, you know, energetically. (laughs) It feels like it. I mean, I'm like, is this, is this like a joke? Like, it's like, I mean, at times I'm just like looking around, like, I I feel like also I always like get so annoyed that I have that Saturn in Leo opposing my ascendant situation to begin with, because it, it one, I have an intense, intense, like need for freedom. Like I can't, I do not like being controlled. Um, and I know if you're like, well, nobody does. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I like, I like my soul dies and I leave my body like from a young age. I mean, I moved out at 16. I like, I've, I ran away at 12 the first time. Um, I mean, I would physically leave my body as a kid. If I felt you were trying to, I knew in my mind that I could escape you know, and I was just plotting till I got old enough that I could leave on my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, um, and so, but the thing with the Saturn and Leo, at least in my experience is I get sm- so smacked down sometimes. Like I am not allowed to play out of line 
And it's so frustrating. Like I find that like, I don't have to adhere to man-made rules, but Ooh, I get punished. I get like, if I step out of line on a, you know, ethical or like bratty kind of way, like I get like smacked, I get punished and it's, um, you know, so it's, it's interesting. It's just an interesting thing. I mean, I, aren't we all interesting, you know, and kind of like, you know, understanding, you know, or looking at it like that and saying like, okay, you know, I would say that, you know, Saturn in your seventh house is kind of like that. Saturn will smack you down. You know, you have to be responsible when it comes to your interactions with other people at the same time, you're an independent entity. You know, we all are also too, but I mean, I, you know, you've got, you know, you mentioned like being really busy and like having to do things in the moment, you know, you got all that Aries too. It's a, it's yeah. a cardinal sign. It's the beginning of all things. Like you're a very both, you know, independent um, person um, mm-hmm. who is freedom loving. And also, uh, you know, there's an aspect of you that cannot be contained, you know, and you do not want to be contained, you know? Um, and yet when it comes to your relationships, you know, that's Saturn on your seventh house, like you kind of have to, you know, know. it's a, it's a very hard, hard dance, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I get it. Mm -hmm. And I too, I mean, I left, I left home when I was 16 as well. And, um, I, I did not want to adhere to any rules. I was not happy, you know, in my, um, childhood home and in the situation that I was either. And I wanted to, I took action to escape, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, because I do want to have healthy relationships with other people, like that's always been like escaping has always been kind of my go-to. You mentioned that in, in the boundary podcast too. And I loved how you put it, like, you know, check yourself before you run away and escape, Mm -hmm. you know, to make Mm -hmm. sure that you are taking responsibility Mm-hmm. for your boundaries, especially when it comes to other people or just relating in general, relating to your work, relating to other people. I have done that, like all this stuff that you mentioned, me, you know, giving too much, letting people run me, mm-hmm. um, not running my business, you know, you have to, you have to take responsibility for your life. And that includes setting healthy boundaries and, and communicating well with people um, whilst, you know, especially communicating well with yourself about what you need. Totally. And I think that that's why I brought up, like it can, you can change like those boundaries. They don't have, you don't set it and forget it. Like you, you have to reevaluate from time to time. And a lot of my experience, you know, I've had to learn the hard way, you know, and I had to do a lot of unpacking, And I have to say, you know, yeah, I've handled things in really bad ways at different junctures of my life. Um, But, you know, I found that it was, I found that I felt more relief and more um, just comfort in my own skin when I took responsibility for my, for, for my part, you know? Um, and again, it doesn't always work because when you are a traumatized person, which I am, um, you, you know, there are very old reactions that are built in out of survival and learning how to recognize when it's happening as it's happening before it's happening, you know, has become a skill that I've had to really learn. And that's what I really, with 2020, I, in being kind of, you know, on this by myself, in isolation, I decided like, okay, like I really need to get to the bottom of some of these trauma things because I can only go so far and I'm not like, you know, you reach the ceiling of something and you're just like, okay, well, this is the best I can do with what I have. I need to really get underneath here and, um, you know, get to these root things because it's still at this point, it's like, it's not helping me. Yeah. So I hear you and, on that. Yeah. And before I forget, I want to say congratulations on your book. Oh, thank <laughs> like, you. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying Thanks. it very much. So oh, wonderful. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. I mean, it was my, 
I don't know. It was, it was, I know I've not, I'm not the massive, you know, creator that you are, you know, and it was um, a beautiful process to be able to, you know, take this knowledge or whatever this, my experience and share, share it, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, the feedback that I've gotten has been so great, you know, and it, it's like, um, worth all of it, you know, Mm -hmm. to, to do something like that. You know, it's not, I'm not doing it to, you know, um, make money or, I don't think there's going to be celebrity or, or, or a lot of money in it, but there's just a lot of satisfaction. There's so much healing, I think in storytelling. Yes. And, And I think that the more it's, it's, it's not just this, um, the more it's read, the more it's heard, the more, you know, you get to express and share, like the, you get healing every time that happens, you know, there's definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that like, because there's a lot of hard stuff in there too, the idea was to share, um, you know, and it was an, it was an, an honor of my mother's passing and, um, it was to share some of the ways that I've been able to, to get through. I mean, that's the whole point of all of this, right. For probably you and, and myself, you know, it's just, we're sharing our experience. You were sharing your experience with boundaries and what you have um, and are still uncovering, you know, about yourself and your own power. It's like claiming your own power Mm -hmm. means, you know, going into, you know, telling, telling yourself stories and then, maybe, you know, retelling the stories, you know, (laughs) maybe you can retell stories about yourself that, you know, I always tell people, you know, you are not necessarily what happened to you, you know, that you are this greater being, you know, and so there's some traumatic stories that I wrote about that Mm -hmm. I kind of also wanted to share that my own, I guess, you know, metaphysical um, work and work with astrology has given me like a greater perspective on some mm-hmm. of them. And that was healing. Sharing Absolutely. Healing. Oh, totally. And I think the thing is we never know who we're going to um, assist in a way. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes like there's been plenty of times in my life where I've made art and I've been like, ugh, like frustrated and like, been like, nobody cares. Like I put my, my heart out here and nobody cares. And then five years later, I get a message from someone that was like, I stumbled across your, you know, your work. And it really like, it moved me, but like, they didn't tell me in the moment, you know, and we don't know how, what we do can help others. And, um, and, you know, and I, I sometimes think that like, yeah, it might suck in the moment, like having to go through what you're going through. But like, for me, when I know that, like, you know, my horrific experience with whatever helps someone else have a better understanding of what they were going through. And they saw it as a means and a way to kind of get clarification and also just to empower themselves. Then to me, I'm like, okay, then it was worth it. You know, that that pain was worth it. And also your perspective over time, you may tell the same story, but your perspective changes in, in how you relate to it. So, um, you know, I sometimes get annoyed and mad that like, you know, okay. Like having this like human experience, I don't like it here. Um, but you know, it's taking me until I would say this year and I don't know what shifted, but, um, like the moment I, on my birthday, uh, this year, March 20th, I got the keys to my new place. And then it was like, I entered another chapter and I hadn't felt that feeling in probably about 15 years, even through sobriety and all these other things. It was like, it was like, I entered a different portal with those keys. And suddenly I was like, huh, okay. I kind of like it here. You know, I'm, you know, because it's always been like, when am I out, you know, and not in a depressive way, just like, God, this again, you know? Yeah. And I think that like for you too, I, you know, cause I can't help myself. Yeah. Um, you know, Saturn crossed your ascendant and that is a whole new cycle. It's, it's like having the Saturn return. It's, you know, when Saturn crosses your, the ascendant, the first house, it has finished a certain kind of a cycle, almost 28 and a half, 29 year cycle. And now it's, you're beginning again, you are building a new foundation for yourself. So 
something did shift. You have all this massive stuff going on astrologically in your chart. And obviously as it, as it does, as above, so below, it's reflected in your life. You are absolutely definitively in a new paradigm and you, you know, I always moving, you know, energetically, like physically moving also is such a wonderful, sometimes like shift, you know, you, you shift everything. I use feng shui techniques a lot in my home and I've mm -hmm. always found them to be really magical and really um, helpful. So mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I, you know, I remember in some of my darkest days, you know, um, various, you know, people telling me that, that, you know, things, that things will change. And even though I may have had an intellectual understanding that that was possible, I didn't feel that I would, could be happy again. And yet I was, you know, and wow. yet life unfolds, you know, and it changes and it moves and it's, mm -hmm. and, and I know for you, because we've talked about it, like that your life, like you moving, like shifted so much energetically for you that you've got like a lot of expansiveness happening. You know, there's a lot of wonderful potentialities, you know, available to you in your yeah. I mean, me and my, even my pet, you know, like her changes, like these physical changes too, like that, I, like I'm witnessing like these, um, things that I just never deemed like available to me in my life. You know, there are still things that I want, or I think that maybe I'd like to experience, but, um, I still don't, I don't know. Like it was really interesting. Like I'm not, I'm pretty private about certain things public. I'm pretty, here's the thing. I'm so open about so much that people think they know me or they think they know everything about me. When in fact, I do have a couple of like things that I keep very private mm -hmm. and there's a, a reason for that. So it's like, you know, like there's still something that feels like mine because growing up, I, and I mentioned that episode, like there was no boundaries, you know, I had nothing of my own. And if I did, it was easily accessible by everyone in my life and up for grabs, you know, mm -hmm. even my own autonomy, which is not healthy mm -hmm. um, and, and dangerous in a way. So there are certain things in my life that I hold on to very tightly. Um, but there is also, it's also caused me to keep a lot of the things that I wanted to keep private. Like it's also caused me to like, not tend to them or not allow myself. And I think it was a lot of unworthiness, yeah. you know? So like my, my like romantic life, I've always kept that very private, but you know what I think it also did. I think it also prevented me from connecting with people on a very intimate way. You know, I'd have like a few friends that were close, but not too close. Mm -hmm. Dating was always an issue. Like I've had a lot of, you know, I just assumed that like, I don't, I didn't really believe in love. Like I thought it was nice in theory and I thought I didn't understand it. And there's been a couple of times where I've seen it like, and I went, oh, that's what, what it is, you know, like, and it made me start to go, oh, wait, maybe that is possible or maybe that is available you know, and, um, you know, and I'm opening my heart up again and I don't really know where it's going, but it's, it's, I mean, I know it's going mm -hmm. like at like 800 miles an hour in a way, which is so exciting, but also so, um, scary and vulnerable to be so open to the idea of letting people in again, especially after being like, living in LA and being in like such a busy place and being surrounded by people, but being, I would say living in LA and New York were the loneliest, um, the loneliest times I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I mean, I, I lived in LA for 20 years. I lived in New York for two years and I grew up in the city. i grew up in a city in mm -hmm. San Francisco and I know what you mean, <laughs> you know? I get it. That's why I also like have a very, I love living where there's not that many people because <laughs> energetically it's so much easier. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, life takes courage, right? And yeah. um, it takes a lot of courage. It is not easy. Uh, mm -hmm. This earthly dimension is very hard. I think that a lot of the guides laugh at us because I think sometimes we even make it harder on ourselves because we suffer 
on top of our suffering. Um, But when we give ourselves permission to understand the truth of, of our own power, and especially as we become adults, I mean, when you're a child, you are extremely vulnerable and it is extremely difficult to be able to um, have your own autonomy and to, you know, but as we get older, we can move past some of the feelings of victimization or whatever from the situation and find more strength because, um, you know, I think that I, I personally see that. And I think that it's very possible. I try, I try and move beyond, I know, mm-hmm. um, not that you forget, you never do, you know, and, and you always have to like, like you said, you know, earlier, um, you have to be vigilant uh, about your boundaries and you have to check in with yourself and you have to know that you're growing and changing, that you are becoming somehow new and almost every day, you know, like, I feel like every day is new. And like in my own relationship, I, I don't, I feel like I choose every day you know, what, like, it's all new every day. (laughs) I don't think about the future, you know, I'm like, I'm in that moment, like every day, there's no plans. There's no like, we're going to get married, live together forever. We're just going to deal with it on a day-to-day basis. And that's how I deal with my own like relationship trauma and issues with boundaries and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I get to make a choice right now in this moment. Totally. How I'm going to relate. Yeah. And I think, there's so many layers of that that come up, you know? I mean, I personally, I think there's so much like systemic trauma, like in my lineages in that, like it's, especially on my um, father's side, my biological father's side. I mean, there's stuff on my mom's side too, but it's just different and the stuff on my biological father's side is so felt in the undercurrents in my behavior. And I only know this because what's interesting is I was so different growing up to the family I was in. And it was my mom and my adopted dad who, who raised me and my reactions to things were so different. My behavior was so different that, you know, um, when I found my father much later, only a few years ago and, and saw his behavior and found out his history and where he comes from. And I was like, and people would just be like, get over, like, you should, why are you so like insecure? Why are you this? Why are you that? And it's like, you didn't grow up with that. And it's like, you don't, I see how powerful and potent it is that we inherit these kind of invisible uh, patterns and behaviors, you know, had I known growing up, maybe it would have helped me a little bit differently, you know, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't have the information, you know, like yeah. I didn't know what being psychic was. I didn't know what being a medium was. I could express my, you know, what's interesting is the only thing that I ever felt was mine that no one could take away more than my own body, my own being was my art, my creative practice. I never had a disconnect. Like that was my source connection. No one could touch it. And that was the thing that I protected my whole life. It was the reason I got up in the morning is the reason in my twenties that I made a living out of art. You know, it's just like the, it was the only thing no one could take from me was that form of expression, you know, that's a big one. You know, that's a, that's a really, uh, a wonderful gift. You know, it was, I mean, I always, you know, I guess that that's what something that I always wanted. (laughs) I I wished I had that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because it's like people that are like, Oh my God, you're so lucky. You can tap it. You can do this. And I'm like, yeah, but do you know what else? And I'm, I'm grateful for it because I know that it is rare, but also it's like, I also sacrificed everything. I mean, I was homeless multiple times. I've had bouts with mental illness and addiction, um, physical abuse, mental abuse, um, money come and go, you know, like whatever, um, you know, just like historic, like just in like, I mean, I sacrificed a lot, but that was my only thing that kept me tethered, honestly you know, to being here, I think. 
that. And I joke, you know, I, I mean, it's like, I'm joking, but I'm not joking because I, I do believe in like my extraterrestrial kind of origins and things. And I think those, those things kept me here. You know, they kept me um, on earth. They kept me believing in the invisible. They kept me, um, there was some kind of resilience that came through from, from believing and being like, I'm not totally from here. It's cool. Even though yeah. it sucks to feel super lonely and disconnected. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you, I mean, you have, you know, like in your astrology too, you know, that Aquarius ascendant, you know, with that strong Uranus, I mean, I always feel like, you know, people that have like any kind of a strong placement in Aquarius and strong Uranian placements don't feel like humans a lot. You know, there is this feeling of like outsiderness that is really prevalent in their psyche. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, maybe it was, you know, it was what kind of wonderful that you understood that about yourself too, at the same time, you know, because sometimes people can feel like that, like feel like the outsider, feel like the weirdo, you know, being an outsider in and of itself is a whole like really strong phenomena. Because I think that, I think that most, most people or whatever, the larger populace of humans at any given time are not they're more in what you would call like a herd mentality consciousness, oh, yeah. uh-huh. you know? And so they're not what you, they're kind of asleep, you know, and they just kind of are moving instinctually. And then there's these others, these outsiders that know themselves as something more than just j- the human consciousness. You know, I tried to fit in a lot and I always was an outsider. I mean, in my family, I looked, didn't look like anybody, you know, like, um, in going to school growing up, I was always like people like even, you know, my mom, like they would, everybody would always be like, Oh, she's like, Marcella is eccentric. Um, that was a big one. You're so eccentric in that like classic. Yeah. Like (laughs) she's really autistic and eccentric and she's like, Oh, even like growing up, like it was always pointed out how I was different. You know? Interesting. And um, yeah. I would weave like in and out of feeling like I would revel in it. I loved it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I did all of the things to stand out and be different in the moment it got trendy, which eventually things would pick up. I would be like, and I'm done. And, yeah. you know, and like be really contrarian people like, but weren't you really into that? And like, no, you know, like even now it's like, people are like, Oh my God, you've been like a witch. I'm like, don't call me a witch. Like oh. I get all mad. <laughs> like, I'm telling you girl, like it's exhausting. Right. Yeah. I get, I get it. It's, it's, um, <laughs> when you it was like tattoos, you know, witchcraft, oh, yeah. uh, astrology, everything is so trendy right now that, that, that you used to have to fight for. It was, um, yeah, it, you know, this, this, you paid, you paid for it. You know? People love to talk to me now and I'm like covered in uh, tattoos and stuff. And I was like, I didn't get these for you to talk to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Exactly. I, yeah. Believe me. I understand. Um, I, know. I, uh, I, I truly do understand. I think that, um, that it, it's, it's, it's interesting, um, how fashion and trends and things like that, you know, come up, but you know, I mean, being a trailblazer, it's part of, part of who you are, you know, and, um, and, you know, being, allowing yourself to like, you know, have that, that older child syndrome and like walk a path that's new and have that be adjusted and readjusted. That's cool. You know, I mean, not everybody is capable of, you know, of, of being a first or being unique or, you know, being different. And, and yet, you know, I think it's part of human nature to want to have their own, you know, one's own unique and special, you know, vision and, you know, artistry. And you certainly have that. I mean, it's kind of like one of the gifts that I think that you're bringing to this world, you know, is your own unique vision. And have you suffered for that? Yes. And Mm -hmm. were you set up for that to a certain extent? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about like your life as like this greater myth, you know, that this, this mythic epic tale, this mm-hmm. story of Marcella, you know, part of it does stem from, it's like, you know, from, from, 
the separateness and uniqueness of your upbringing and of your, you know, your birth and of, you know, your vision. Yeah. Well, it's like the magical wounding is also in, in there that I had no idea about until recently. And, you know, it's funny. I don't know if I ever told you like, like how I connected to astrology ever, like the first time, um, was, I don't, I, I don't know if I told you. So I, I mean, I grew up and my mom had her friends who were like, like, like when I first ran away, like her friend Dottie, like did a reading with tarot cards and that's how they said they found me. I was like, okay, whatever. And then <laughs> she gave me like a psychic self defense book by Dion fortune or whatever Oh yes, yes that I book. Did. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And, um, I had a great aunt, my, my grandmother, Teresa's older sister, my aunt Margaret, this is on the Italian side who was, um, she used to do the Malocchia, like, which was like the removal of the evil eye. And they would have a whole like ceremony. They would do Christmas Eve to uh-huh. do it. They do once a year with the oil, the drops of oil. Yeah. And, yeah. And the water or whatever. Amazing. And then, um, but like, it was all weirdly hush hush, you know, like it was like, nobody really it was kind of just like a thing but like nobody really talked about it and then um you know it's that whole thing of being awake and like everyone around me is asleep so I would constantly like be I would be awake and then I would force myself to sleep again basically unconsciously I think that's what really stemmed a lot of the addiction issues and um but um when I was in rehab I went I overdosed at 18 and when I woke up all the lights came on essentially like everything that had been putting to sleep came on because I would see things when I was little. I mean, I, um, I'm coming out more publicly now because I'm part of a group, but, um, and I, I will eventually talk more about it, but I'm still, you know, it's a process, but I definitely have, um, exp- I'm, I can classify myself as an experiencer abductee. I have memories of, you know, um, being on ships and things. And, um, mm. So like, I've been working with the, all of these things, but point being 18, I'm in rehab. I can't have my nineties raver friends, drugs, like, you know, anymore. And I was so sick of myself and how different I felt. And that I was like, on a purely solely selfish reason was like, I'm going to learn how to do my chart. And I got this old ass book and like, I hand drew my astrological chart. And then like, I started learning about it. It was totally for solely. Like I literally was like, I need my manual. Why am I like this? And nobody could tell me why I was the way I was. No one in my family, my mom refused to tell me who my dad was. You know, it was just like, so for me, my connection to astrology helped me start to map back to myself. And I didn't know that that's what it was like. No, I had no formal, no one told me. And then I would start on my own as like a 17, 18 year old going into like, there was this one little metaphysical store in Providence called pyramid bookstore. And it was like, Ooh, yeah. And it was like a dusty <laughs> new England, like right. Wiccan shop. And, um, yeah. And I met an older woman named Tracy. I can't believe I'm remembering her name right now. Um, and she was like with her book, her ephemeris and like looking uh-huh. at my chart and like, you know, just, I don't know, like it really, I think astrology and tarot saved me, you know, because it was more, it was selfishness, curiosity. It wasn't ever something I was like, I'm going to do this for a living. I was just like, oh, this is like the way I find out who I am because no one will tell me. Yes. That's what it can do. I mean, and believe me, I never thought like, I'm going to do this for a living. I wasn't like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to start my spiritual business, you know, right? bullshit. It was like, I used it to survive, you know, to survive. Like for me too. I mean, I had such a rough time when I was a teenager too. So rough you know? Yeah. And people, when you're younger, like, oh, you'll grow into it or you'll get better or life will get better. And I'd be like, what? I don't believe you. Like, you know, I mean, and my mom used all these tools to survive too. So that was fortunate, but she certainly was, you know, throwing the I Ching and, you know, um, doing tarot cards and looking at astrology and, and various other things too, including working with a spirit, uh, guide on the, via the Ouija board. 
just to kind of like deal with her own life and then also to deal with me you know, um, yeah. and, and my brothers, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, that's what it can give you. It can give you a kind of a map. Now, I mean, it isn't like, I, it isn't like all things, you know, absolutely definitive. I mean, it is energetically and archetypally predictive. And mm -hmm. so when you look at that, like when you say like, wow, you know, here's the correspondence between my astrology and some of the ways that I feel and sure. some of the ways that I've been living and some of the issues that I have, you know, like yeah. with my family and with my identity and like, you know, working on healing ancestral stuff like that's, it's so helpful. I, well, and I think that's what I love about your readings, Michelle, is like the thing that I wish more astrologers would do and I think you do that and cover it really well. And wish I, what I wish I knew earlier about it was how to work with the things that are you deem as a weakness or how to like integrate your strengths and weaknesses as opportunities, you know, or how to like work with your shortcomings and, and highlight the things instead of just seeing them as like, oh, this is a, like a weakness, you know, yeah. like, because I think there's a tendency to just look at it and be like, oh, well, this is the way it is. And you have such a calming presence and unique way of sharing that information where you can, you see the value in it instead of it being a detriment. And I appreciate mm -hmm. that so much in like when we do our like transit check-ins or, you know, that kind of thing. Because it takes the scariness and the ominous and the bigness feeling of it being like a doomsday thing, you know, where sometimes you see it's the same thing with tarot readings, you know, mm -hmm. I think like people have to like, I love to like dive deeper into like, okay, yeah, this might be like something that you would deem as a like an unpleasant aspect in your chart, but here's how it benefits you. Like I personally abhor that I have Mars in Pisces at zero degrees. I was like, is this a fucking joke? Like I have so much Aries in my chart and then my Mars is zero degrees Pisces and my sun totally. is 29, 29 degrees Pisces. I'm like, like who thought that would, ha 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 ha. Let's put that in there. You know? Um, yeah. So and I was, I love you know, it. <laughs> so I was like, 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 you know, those, but seeing those things as like, okay, here's how this helps you, you know, here's how this is actually supportive in your work. You know, like I, oh, I, yeah. I do appreciate that element and, um, of that. And I, you know, it was interesting. I wanted to ask you your thoughts on this was, so I don't know if I've mentioned before that, like my grandmother on my father's side was a tarot reader. I only found this out. No. Okay. So my father, who I only found three years ago, I'd met him two years ago. His mom was a tarot reader at Woodstock. <gasps> Whoa! He was born in a mental institution. My great grandmother was uh, also a seer, um, also connected to aliens. Anyway, family locked her up and my grandmother was born in a mental institution. So I was like, well, this all makes sense. But my grandmother, my father's mother is a big part of the reason that I don't know who my father, I didn't know who my father was. And I looked up her chart, even though she was like not Amazing. thrilled about it, um, just because I had to see, because she is a Leo and I looked her son I don't even remember. Like I looked, I just remember I quickly looked up while I was on the phone with her and her son is the same exact degree as my Saturn and yeah. Leo. And I was like, interesting. Like, is that like, there's like a weird to me. I was like, is that a karmic connection? Her and I, because she told my mom basically to get lost. <laughs> and then my dad went off to the military and they left. Like they never went back. So he never knew, you know? Um, I mean, my mom didn't, isn't the greatest at pursuing responsibility either. So <laughs> like, um, I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, I wonder what that, like her Saturn, her son is the exact degree as my Saturn in the seven. 
You always can tell, um, I've, I've done a lot of, you know, different research on this, but you can always tell like family members because okay. they'll have points like that. Like okay. I, w- once I did a reading for a man who had, who gave me the charts of four of his children and he had connections with, with each child, but they didn't all have connections at all. That meant that there were points, planets, uh, in aspect to each other, close in degree, um, and I knew that, and I asked him when I did the reading, I said, these kids don't know each other, right? And he's like, no, they don't. They've never oh. met. And they oh. didn't, they had no connection. They, they even though they, they had this dad, they had no connection to each other. Um, I mean, obviously they did have a biological connection, but they never knew each other. And there was no, you know, the, these were families that were across the world from each other and wow. had never met. So Yes. I mean, I would say it is of course a karmic connection. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, especially because it is exact degree for her son (laughs) to be on your Saturn. And then also means that her son is on your descendant, you know, and anytime anyone has any personal planets, like on the angles of your chart or any of your personal planets, Mm -hmm. you know, it does, it's a connection Mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, Saturn is of course the boundary planet, but you know, Saturn was the ancient kind of, they, they, you know, Saturn also has the idea that now Pluto kind of carries as, as a liminal planet, as a boundary planet. And um, so in that way, it represented karma and fate and death, you know, Saturn is like Kronos, the great reaper. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, there's, there's a real karmic aspect to the two, Saturn aspects. Mm -hmm. So in that way, like I would say, yes, there's, there's something here that maybe like you, I know it's kind of weird, like Saturn is responsibility. And it's like, maybe you are taking on some of both her, her skills, her pain, her, her karma, even, you know, because sometimes we are I know my mom used to always say that like the children and sometimes the grandchildren are the unfinished lives right. of the ancestors, you know? Yeah. I feel that so strongly more for like my grandmother, like on my mom's side, I'm so, it feels like, and like my father's ancestors, I feel more related to the ancestral realm than I do to my parents. I mean, yeah. and I've always, I've always had been like disconnected. It was like, yeah, they kind of brought me in, but like, I don't feel connected, um, to my parents at all. Like we're very different people yeah. on every aspect. Yeah. And I think that, um, that it's, you know, I think our parents are often our hardest relationships. I think that the hardest relationships that people have in their lives are those circle one relationships are our families of origin. Sometimes it's our siblings, sometimes it's our parents. Um, even though I was raised, I was raised by a single mom. Um, and, and I love her very, loved her and love her very much. Mm -hmm. We had a very difficult relationship a lot, you know, and, um, a lot of it had to do with boundaries and, um, my mom didn't have any boundaries you know, right. too, but it wasn't like, she wasn't like all up in my business. She just basically gave us no boundaries and she right. didn't have boundaries in her life, you know? So yeah. growing up, like we grew up a lot around drugs and yeah. around like, you know, there wasn't, it was experimental for her. Um, but wow. it wasn't, you know, sometimes it's not always the best for, right. for children to have that type of environment. Well, but my mom felt like a sibling. Um, it yeah. wasn't like, you know, and, and, and even though, and I have so many siblings, we're all halves, you know, and it's, it's interesting because I never had the relationship of being close to them. Um, and, and we're all like living all over the world. Right. And, um, and we're not, you know, it's funny. The one that I talk to the most is the one that I know the least and like lives the furthest away. And it's my sister in Okinawa. And, um, wow. but the, the, you know, and we're, we're a lot like alike in ways. Um, but it, it's like, I don't know, even I felt closer to my adopted dad than him, him and I had like a kindredness. Um, and you know, he passed away in 2014 and, um, that was hard because he raised me, but also like, he was the only one that treated me like, like human, you know, like everyone in my like close relatives between him and my grandmother, 
my mom's mother, those were the closest kind of relationships in family, everything else. It was always like, Marcella's weird. She sticks out, put her over there. We don't relate. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So it's just really, it's such a, a trip or being like the, the scapegoat or the one to do all the healing when you are kind of set up to do the healing for the lineages, you're not always welcome. People are not revering you being like, great job. We love it. No, I mean, that goes back to God. There's so much in there too. Like while you're saying that I'm looking at your chart, I'm like, okay, 2014, you know, we had, um, you know, to be honest with you, 2014, you had Pluto, um, square your moon and you had, um, Saturn in your ninth house coming up to conjoin your midheaven. And that sometimes that can like really present as like losing, you know, someone that was really important to you. Yeah. He was killed in an accident. It was, it was a freak thing. And at the same time, that was when, cause sacred symbols, the first incarnation of them, I released that at the end of 2013. And, um, And then, but they were like getting to be known. I would say 2014 is when like my Instagram kind of started to blow up because Mm -hmm. of the cards. I lost Frank. My last relationship was in 2014 and that ended very badly and um, like romantic relationship. And then, um, you know, and it was, it was just a whole nother like leveling, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, you had, there's a lot of major, that was a horrible 2013 and 2014 are the worst years of my life, believe it or not. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was a hard year, like on, on your astrology, you know, just had a lot of like, you know, if you look at this, like, I like to look at our transits, like visiting gods, you know, who are giving us deities that are, that are sharing with us to a certain extent, their power. And some of their power is like with Pluto is, is, is horrifying and horrible because it has to do (laughs) with like death and boundaries and, you know, and, and liminal spaces that we, as a collective, we like put underground, you know, um, is is in still in Capricorn, right? Like, yeah, it has been in Capricorn since 2008 and it will be for the next few years. Um, but Pluto can, can provide you with so much strength too. You know, I mean, it isn't, you know, it, it, it is incredibly, um, it is incredibly powerful. You know, I mean, the, when Pluto was uncovered, you know, mm-hmm. to humans in 1930, they named plutonium, which is where we got nuclear power from wow. plutonium after Pluto. And it, and it's, you know, it, there's a lot of like, like power with facing and the darkness and going through these kind of like liminal, intense, powerful deaths and changes and it's interesting too because like right before we did the podcast the only thing that I did is like I did grab some cards you know okay. um and I got uh, you know for like what we should talk about and I pulled the death card and I was like ah, oh, this is perfect boundaries and liminal spaces and the death to the old and the beginning right. of the new and <laughs> a great fucking t- you know card for what's happening, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is we're so afraid of death, right. As humans, I would say. Um, but I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death. I think death has been a huge part of my life. Um, actually so much so that I thought I was supposed to do death doula work because I've been with many, I've been with many people, um, during passing, people and animals or like I even helping my adopted dad cross over, you know, like I've been in those spaces. I've had clients that were like, beautiful. I want to sit with you. I know I've got stage four cancer, but like, I don't, I don't, I just want to know how to have a good death. So there was a point where I was like, Oh my God, am I supposed to do, I thought I was supposed to do death doula work, but then I went, I kept trying to do like a training and it kept getting canceled or weird fluky things. And I was like, okay, what do I do with this, this death energy? you know, and I think it's, it's just cyclical and we have to learn how to work with it. And I've had three near death experiences. So, you know, six months old at 18 and at 30, I can't remember. I think it was 30, it was 2009. So however old I was there, 33, maybe, um, uh, you know, on what, 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 what month, (laughs) 32 to 33. <laughs> yeah, it was 2009. I think it, it was, um, it was over the summer. So it was like, yeah. you know, I might've been 33 at that point. And, um, uh, it just, 
I don't know. Death is like, okay. Like it's just another part of it. I don't think, I don't know. It's weird. I have like another important person in my life that I kind of, I know they're going to go soon. We don't know when, cause they keep living. My grandmother, she's a hundred, you know, Amazing. And, um, Amazing. <laughs> but she's always like, and she's a Taurus, you know? So it's like Ugh. that. She's just, she, we joke that she was going to outlive us all, but, um, yeah, they want to stay those Tauruses. My, I had a Taurus here. grandma too. When you read chapter two, uh, it's a yeah. lot about my, my had a Taurus and a Scorpio grandma and my Taurus grandma lived to be 94. Yeah. They yeah. live a long time, long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, um, is, do you do like a lot of asteroid work or do you do, yeah. is that something you dive into? Yeah. Cause yeah. I think, People, a lot of times, like I, I'm fascinated with the asteroids from the aspect of the mythology because I love mythology so much. I don't know why I'm obsessed with mythology. Like I am I too. Love, yeah. So that kind of stuff really always fascinates me. So like I kind of will periodically look up different like stars or asteroids in the sky and see where they are in my chart. And it, it just is like, I feel like it just adds to the layers of the personality. You Absolutely. Know. There is so much like when you when you look up at the stars, you know, in the sky, the mm-hmm. fixed stars, as well as the planets, if you can see them, you know, there are so many, it is so multidimensional and your astrology is so multidimensional. Right. Um, so yes, you add those in and it gives an even bigger, I, I've done a bunch of workshops, like specifically uh-huh. in working on asteroids, because if you're, if I'm doing a chart for somebody at the, I, I add, the, I add the big ones in okay? right okay. Right now, no matter what every, like I'm looking at your chart right now and I've got the, what we call the, the important to asteroid goddesses. So, okay. and remember, they're not really asteroids. They're really planetoids. And okay. There's a lot of Cooper belt uh, meaning that they orbit the sun. Um, they have their own orbit, you know, Chiron mm-hmm. has its own orbit. It's just different than right. the planets. It's a different orbit. Like Chiron's orbit is really weird, you know, sure, yeah. it's, and it's between Saturn and Uranus. And it like has this weird, like strange, wobbly, seraph- you know, um, spherical kind of orbit. Mm-hmm. It isn't like this beautiful rotating, like most of the planets. Right. Um, but yeah. And they also add in like a lot of, like most of the big, you know, asteroids we call them, but they're planetoids are, are named after female right. uh, goddesses. And we have missed that because within the pantheon of astrology, you know, they're really only two, what we can consider to be like feminine uh-huh. energies, the moon and Venus, you know, when everything else is like a male God, well, you add in the asteroid goddesses and you add in like these layers of like feminine experience. And by that, I don't mean sexually feminine but also like of course you know traditionally they were sexually feminine in the myth but it really is more like um you know the 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 greeks the the hellenistics they called them there were there were two aspects that was called day and night energies it's like yin and yang you know Mm -hmm. with with night or yin being the receptive also connected to feminine so in our culture and in our like collective consciousness, the feminine, the yin, the receptive energy of like going within and like, you know, um, whether it's learning information through, you know, uh, you know, psychic, you know, realms or, you know, listening or, you know, just that inner world has just not been revered. And so all of these asteroid goddesses, these, they are adding in these levels of, experience so Mm -hmm. many of them are like you know um we have like i'm looking at yours like you have juno you know which is the um asteroid goddess of partnership Mm -hmm. um natalie is conjoined with your midheaven and that's really interesting like and it's in your ninth house and it is, I mean, your midheaven is two and let's see, Juno is zero degrees Sagittarius. So it's like right, right on top. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could, I could spin a whole story on that where like, oh, you know, your, your partner will be from a foreign land, you know, and <laughs> I'm well, you know, I mean, I mean it's yeah, Juno yeah. in Sagittarius in the house of Sagittarius. That um, is interesting. Yes. And, and that you might do something with them, like that has something to do with your career, like create something or or some kind of a partnership having to do with like, you know, your career. So that gives a lot like of of information um, 
especially around partnering. And then, oh, and we have Black Moon Lilith. You have Black Moon Lilith, which is, and Black Moon Lilith is complicated because actually what we're, we're looking at mostly, what I'm looking at is actually an elliptical point because there okay. are three Black Moon Liliths. There's three Liliths. There's what three? Is, there's oh, three. Whoa. It's crazy. There's one is a full-on body, like an, okay. a, an asteroid, okay, or a planetoid. BLM, Black Moon Lilith, is the dark side of the moon. It is actually, in a, it is a point from Earth, like at the moment that you were born in the latitude and longitude, if you were to like look up, if you were to like draw a line to the farthest point of the moon from where you are, um, that's Black Moon Lilith. The oh. Black Moon, the Apogee, okay, the farthest mm-hmm. point. And what it means, it is, it is like, it is kind of like Lilith. It's kind of like, you know, if you know the myth of Lilith and you understand who she was and you, you know, you understand the dark side of the moon, she, it's the dark goddess in all of her power and glory and anger. It's like the disenfranchised dark feminine. It's fucking Mm, powerful. Right. Right. Um, the goddess Lilith, the asteroid goddess Lilith is a little bit different, also representing kind of like the myth of Lilith, but less, um, less disenfranchised. Okay. And then, so there's, there's three different, there's three different points. And then, so, cause oh. there's black moon Lilith, there's like main Apogee Lilith and right. the asteroid goddess Lilith, and they all kind of represent different things. Um, what am I also looking at your chart of uh, Vesta? Hestia, the goddess Hestia, the Vestal Virgins, okay. the goddess of the inner sacred flame. You have her in Cancer in your fifth house. Hmm. Um, your and that's the house of creativity, right? It's the <laughs> it's like your inner flame comes from creating. You know your work. Awesome. Yeah, that it's makes like, so much sense. Yeah. yeah, it's like this your your sacred space, sacred <laughs> symbols. You know. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, we're, we're like going on. Cause we could talk for, you know, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. like five hours. I mean, totally, I'd be happy I to, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's good. Um, but I kind of want to mention your work. Um, and that it is like, I'm going, I, I'm going to go shopping today and get more stuff because mm-hmm. I have a tendency to give your decks away to people. Oh, I should send <laughs> yes. you stuff. I need to send you stuff. Oh I'm God. like, this is the perfect gift, you know? And oh. I told you, I, I love all your work so much. I, I cannot tell you, I mean, it is so, it it is just, it it makes my heart soar. It makes, it makes my heart sing. I mean, it's beautiful. It's expressive. You've got two amazing books, um, priestess, which I've also given as gift. Mm -hmm. Um, and Lily's walk. Is that Lily's walk? Yeah. The kids kids book. (laughs) So precious. Your zine is amazing your, your decks, we have nature, nurture, and of course, sacred symbols, which is one of my favorites. And yeah. I have about, cause I have my mom's tarot deck collection too. Mm-hmm. Someday, if you're here, I'd love for you to come over and see, I have probably like 40 decks, Ooh. a lot. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. But your decks are some of my faves. Oh, um, thanks so much. And the dreamers tarot, which is one of the newest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and my clients, they ask me a lot, like, Oh, I want you know, like what tarot, like, should I get a tarot deck, which one, or, 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 you know, an Oracle deck, mm-hmm. which one should I get? And I always recommend yours because they really oh, are thanks. just, they're energetically so beautiful, you know, and Thank expressing you. your, you know, gorgeous and unique art, as well as your knowledge. And I just also want to tell you publicly, you know, how much I appreciate you also doing the teaching that you do, uh, which is so important. You know, I love that you teach teens. I know you talked a little bit about that. Like, that's always been a dream of mine is to help teenagers, because I think you and I both know how fucked up it is to be a teenager (laughs) (laughs) yes how hard Mm -hmm. yeah and for both of us like yeah astrology and and uh, tarot saved saved our lives probably and um and what if they could do that you know for many many others which i'm sure they could and we could help them to do that yeah it's all just about finding your own voice you know and utilizing anything that we do whether it's art astrology tarot oracle for me the whole purpose is i want that to bring out your like especially with the teens it's like what's your voice what's your authentic voice and because as a teen it's really easy to want to 
um, conform, to feel part of the pack, to feel accepted, to feel like, you know, just, just so many things. I mean, there's so many emotions, right. That are rolling through you when you're a teenager. And, um, you know, I just want to be, and it's, it sounds like, you know, it it really is like, I just want to be the person I wish was there for me when I was growing up. You know, I really do. Yeah. I, and I agree with you. I think that it, that that can help you find, you know, you, looking at your astrology, you know, could help you find like, wow, you know, I am this mythic thing. And then tarot can help you find your voice. But more than that, too, like I, I want to share that the fact that we live in an enchanted universe. Totally. Okay. It yeah. is enchanting. The universe does speak to you. There is yeah. way more than, you know, school at 8am and sports at three o'clock. And then, you know what I mean? For teenagers, or there's way more than the four walls and a ceiling world. We, it is, there is magic. Magic is real. That's it. Magic is real. Magic is real. Mm -hmm. And I love that you wore your protect your magic shirt. Um, you know, I put this on last minute. It's perfect. I just like protect your neck. Yeah. That's it. Protect your neck. Yeah. It's the same thing though. It's from the, it's the drawing of the Jaguar that I did. Like, I just love this idea of, you know, making it a habit every day to bring magic or awareness, like in an everyday situation. That's why I wanted to make like magically, not just cards, just like even apparel or things that you're integrating into your wardrobe. Like everything has purpose. Everything has meaning. And um, I got to get one of those too. I I love it. I love (laughs) it. I love it so much. I agree. I do magic every single day. I live in a magical world. And to me, that's the best world to live in because there, it means also that it like you, you claim your power. um, You take back, you set your boundaries, you, you have tools. Um, I love that. And you've given so much to so many people. So Dude, I just want to thank you. You are an incredible human being and I just adore you and I really appreciate you. I feel so lucky to know you on this earth walk. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I'm going to go ahead and stop because I think like, you know, 75 minutes is enough for people. Perfect. <laughs> I know it is, right? Uh, yes. Perfect. And we will talk again soon. And- yeah, definitely. Um, we will like send me your, um, will you send me your, uh, address your mailing address I want to send you some stuff and then um uh yeah and I do I probably should I'm like I should book a transit reading with you soon because I I'm like ah. oh yeah no yeah we'll, we'll talk about that we can do trade okay okay all right, all right. okay have a great day <laughs> see you, you darling bye